I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to The Beat with Jojo Doman. Powered by Husker Online. Nebraska linebacker JoJo Doman gives you an in-depth look at the Husker football program and beyond. The Beat is brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Hello and welcome again to this post-bi-week edition of The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, as you heard, were brought to you by our proud title sponsor, Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, located all the way across the state of Nebraska from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between. That's Edgewater Insurance in Real Estate, locally owned, handling all of your insurance and real estate needs. Uh, but Joe, it's the bye weekend. I mean, what did you do all weekend? What, what do you? What do you? How, how you gonna? How'd you spend the bye weekend? Yeah, man, just watched football, uh, chilled out, did some yoga, um, just really trying to get my mind and body right, enjoying this off time, but definitely itching to get back going. You know, and you look at what bye weeks are, and I think there's this thought, oh, you, you can kind of fix the world's problems on a bye week with practices. Well, you guys actually weren't really able to practice a lot, um, but we talked off air about this. You did practice Tuesday and Wednesday and then Sunday as well. What did you guys do maybe different on these practices um, that you kind of implemented in over these bye week practices that maybe you weren't doing before? Yeah, so, so basically – I think coach took a took a look in the mirror and was trying to decide like how how can we how do we get better from here you know it's not like we're not talented it's not that we don't want it um it's really just like in the moment we're not making those plays to win the game and so he's he's been he's been recreating those moments in practice which has been really nice and really refreshing um kind of getting away from the same practice style that I've done since Frost has been here and he's been switching it up which is been really fun for me. I mean, on Tuesday, I think I had the most fun at practice since I've been here. Like what you do that was so much fun. We came out and we fir- uh, we did first drive of the game. So it could be three and out, it could be a turnover, or they could go down and score, but just emulating the first drive of the game that you can't get back. And then we transitioned into one-on-ones, pass rush one-on-ones, uh, DB, receiver one-on-ones, linebacker, tight end, linebacker, running back one-on-ones. And with everyone gathered around, like, crunch time everyone's watching can you win your one-on-one because that's what that's what it's come down to the last couple weeks and and then even going into like third down where we're running on and off the field you get one play for third and three third and six third and nine and just working on like we got one play can we make it count and there's been a really nice switch up from you know going against scout team and just kind of running through plays and fitting up schemes and it's really just can you execute at high velocity in a, in a pressure moment. So do you get the practice script and kind of know the changes or do they just kind of drop them on, on you when you get out there? Yeah, they dropped it on us in the in the meeting room that morning. So we were kind of... Let's we, go. I, yeah, we were like, let's go, man. There's nothing nothing else to it. I and mean, we're going to do whatever coach asks us. So um, that's kind of how it was. It was refreshing, not only for me, but for everybody. And and hopefully we can we can continue with this kind of momentum and this kind of uh, tactical strategy moving forward. So you guys practice Sunday and then you're you're off on Monday. Is that is that the the deal this week? We got to walk through on Sunday and we're on on Monday. You're on now on Monday. Yep. Okay. So just they're because they they have to give you some days off because of week zero. Like you get to play week zero, but that does not mean you get an extra week of practice. Is is the way I understand it. You have to basically give those days back over the course of the year and this bye week is kind of one of those weeks where you're giving those extra practices back into the bye weeks that's correct yep what i mean what else can you get done on a bye week like what i mean is it to me as much about mental recovery as physical recovery i mean like is everyone just like i need to get the f away from this and just kind of reset a little bit yeah no it's a it's a mental and physical reset um, also it's an emotional reset, kind of getting time away, like kind of leave your emotions at the crib, you know, you know, however you got to digest that and, and, and move past it. We all do in our own specific ways, but, uh, 
when Monday it's it's work time. So we're back to the grind. We got to go on a on a magical four game run here, um, and we're very capable. We are absolutely capable, and we just got to pull this shit out of us basically, and and want it, and we want it, but it, it, it's doing it, you know. And when our, when our actions, you know, meet our expectations, we're gonna do something special. And I'll get an early comment from you on Purdue. You guys are getting ready for Purdue. You're very familiar with Jeff Brom. David Bell's back. Uh, they've got a probably a first round draft pick at DN uh, named George Kalafis, um, who's one of the best DNs in the country. Is that number five? Um, I don't know what number he wears. He's a local guy. He's from West Lafayette, though. Okay. Um, so they've got a really really good group of. I mean, between David Bell and their DN, I mean, they got two high level pros on that team, and they went into Iowa and won. I mean, sure that had to get everybody's attention going into Iowa and not only winning but pretty convincingly. Yeah. No, dude, that was awesome to see and. Um, yeah, they just, they beat them down only seven points on offense, uh, kind of exposed their offense and then putting up 24 points on that stout defense was impressive too. So a hat off to those guys. That was fun to watch. And we're looking forward to this game this week. And they have one of the most unique, uh, prolific passing attacks that we'll face that we will face all year. Um, concept wise and, and skill wise, they got, they play three quarterbacks. So they do a lot of good stuff up there. Uh, Brahms, a a good coach and very unique in, in his offensive play calling style. So it should be a good game. Um, we've kind of exchanged games the last couple of years, and this is a big one for us. This is a must win for us. No Bob Diaco this year, by the way. You know, he was only there for last year. He he was your, four, <laughs> one, your one-time defensive coordinator um, at Nebraska was on that Purdue staff. Did you ever know that he was on that Purdue staff last year? I did. I didn't see him after the game, though. Yeah, old handsome Bob. That's at our message board referred to. <laughs> handsome, he is a handsome guy. He, he didn't. He didn't. He was in and out of West Lafayette fairly quickly there. But it looks like Jeff Brom's got that thing on track, no doubt. And one of the really, really cool things, JoJo, that we do every week, obviously on the Beat Podcast, is the Husker Heartbeat Giveback. And each week, Edgewater Insurance, our title sponsor of the show, um, along with JoJo Doman and the Beat Podcast give $1,000 back to a different Nebraska-based charity. Half of these charities JoJo picked, half Edgewater picked, and they're all different groups that mean a lot um, to both Edgewater and JoJo Doman. And this week, uh, the recipient of the Husker Heartbeat give back here from the Beat Podcast is Hope Center for Kids. And I want to welcome in our guest here as we're pleased to be joined on the program by Dewan Reddick, the executive director of the Hope Center for Kids. Dewan, uh, thank you so much for joining us, uh, and we're obviously honored to get a chance to support you and your charity group here um, with our donation this week. Yeah, thank you for having me, and I want to, you know, first and foremost, uh, thank Edgewater as well as JoJo Doman. We really appreciate um, just the effort and energy that's going into everything that uh, Edgewater and JoJo are doing, both on the field and in the community. Hey, man. Uh, good to have you on. What is Hope Center for Kids, and, and how will donations help kids and families? Well, the Hope Center for Kids is a uh, nonprofit organization started by Ty, Pastor Ty and Terry Schindel. Uh, we just had our Hope Center birthday, so we've been around for 23 years. And we have not only after-school programs for kids K through 12, we also have an employment learning academy. Uh, and a community center recently renamed the Shinzel Community Center. So uh, in honor of Pastor Ty and his wife, Jerry Shinzel. We're joined here by Dewan Reddick for Hope Center for Kids. Uh, Dewan, how can we find your group? How can we find more information um, about the Hope Center for Kids so our listeners uh, can obviously uh, donate to your causes as well? Yeah, so if you go to uh, hopecenterforkids.com, you can also Google Hope Center for Kids Omaha, and that will lead you to us. Uh, you know, the donations that people can make online will go towards meals that we provide for our after-school program, uh, scholarships for our Hope Employment Learning Academy that when they graduate from high school and go on to college, hopefully to the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, they will uh, receive those scholarships as long as they're in school and maintaining a proper grade point average. They also go towards um, different programs that we have, field trips that we do. Uh, we, we really try to help our families in every way possible during back-to-school time, give school supplies. Uh, as much, anywhere they need help, we try to help everyone that comes in through 
the doors of the Hope Center. And once again, that website is hopecenterforkids.com, and they are the recipient of this week's Husker Heartbeat Give Back. And a reminder, log on to thedominator.com as uh, proceeds uh, proceeds from this week's T-shirt sales on JoJo's website will also go towards the Hope Center. Dewan, we really appreciate you joining us, and we're honored uh, to, to be a part in, in helping the Hope Center for Kids with this week's Husker Heartbeat Give Back. Thank you. Thank you so much. Go Big Red. All right. Well, that was Dewan Reddick, the Executive Director of the Hope Center for Kids. Much more to come as we're going to be joined in studio by freshman running back Gabe Irvin Jr. next. You're listening here to The Beat. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to this post bi week edition of The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, as you heard, were brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate with locations from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between handling all of your insurance and real estate uh, needs. That is Edgewater. But this segment of the program is brought to you by our good friends at Tanner Sports Bar and Grill, 30th and Yankee Hill Road. Hope all of you got in there over the bye weekend, watched some football, got some wings, got some of those hot lake, hot lip quesadillas. Mm-mm-mm. Like if we did the commercial again, JoJo, like we might have to like switch it. Like, what are you going with? Hot lip quesadillas or the burgers? Yeah, no doubt. We, if we knew ahead of time, we could have wrote the script. You know what I'm saying? But that's JoJo's the hot lip quesadillas, uh, Tanner's 30th and Yankee Hill. Uh, great football specials on Monday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Get on in there at 30th and Yankee Hill. But let's bring in our next guest. Uh, we tease it at the top, Joe. We got a couple of good ones today. Uh, welcoming into the program, Gabe Urban Jr., true freshman running back. Gabe, uh, it's, a, it's a pleasure to have you here in studio. Yo, yo, yo. Boy, here with my boy JoJo, you know, my boy mentor. Look up to this man, you know. I'm just excited <laughs> to just talk with you, boy. <laughs> Let's talk, bro. Yo, yo. Uh, Gabe and I have uh, started our relationship when you uh, came in early yep. in January, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I've been rooting for you ever since, bro. He's... he's uh, He's a young buck that shows a lot of promise, man. If we can keep him in this program, he's going to do great things for us. So good to have you on the show, bud. Appreciate that, boy. Let's start. Uh, let's just start. Uh, you played four games. You played in the first four games this year. You were uh, running back one. Uh, kind of talk to me about how that was. You know, um, coming as a true freshman, I just had to find, like, who I am. You know, I just had to come come into this program just, like, being me, you know. I had to do something different, you know. I had to do, like, I had to find, like, a different route to get uh, to where I was, you know. And um, when I came in and wear the conditioning, you know, I just had to put on some weight, you know. The weight was good, you know. I had to grind it out in winter conditioning. And then after winter conditioning, I went to spring, you know. I had a really, really good spring, you know, interacting with the players on and off the field and just, like, made an impact early, you know. So I had to, like, grow up and grow up and be more mature early. And after um, spring, spring ball, we went to fall, fall camp, had a really good fall camp, prepping for the season, getting ready for Illinois. And Illinois was my first career start, you know, uh, made history, uh, first two freshmen to start at the uh, University of Nebraska, which was huge. Um, Didn't really let that get in my head, not really, because, you know, I had a goal. I had a goal for the season to attack it, you know, attack it on and off the field. And um, throughout the season, I just like uh, first the first start, you know, I had to get the jitters out. You know, we, we all have jitters, oh, yeah. you know, so um, had to like find not, not make the game bigger than what already is. You know, so once I once I found that I started rolling after after Fordham, Buffalo, you know, and then led to my injury against Oklahoma, which was which was tough news. Now. Talking about those first four games, what was the what was the biggest difference in the game? Was it the physicality? Was it the speed? Yes, um, Illinois. You know, first play it was the game speed. You know, I had to adjust to game speed and adjust to college football. You know, and once I adjusted to college football and the game speed, it was just like just like back to high school. You know, just like doing what I do. 
Yeah, man, football is football. I mean, you're reading A to B to C gap, seeing if you can bounce that thing, trying yep. to crease it. Like, it's it's football at the end of the day. Yep. Um, you got your first touchdown versus Buffalo, right? Yep. That was big time, bro. It was real big time. How'd that feel? Felt felt great, you know, like just scoring and just seeing all the fans. I seized the moment, you know. You, I seized the opportunity. I had the opportunity, and I just took it. And then when I got it, it was just like, you know, that's what I, that's what I always dreamed for and hoped for, to score a collegiate first touchdown. And I just that just um this just made me really happy, you know. It really made me really happy because I worked for worked for it, you know, through spring, through fall, and then just get your first collegiate touchdown. Just like it brings the joy into the game, you know. No doubt, bro. It made me happy. Yeah, <laughs> made it made the whole stay happy for that matter. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, bro, who do you model your game after? Model my game after Melvin Gordon. You know, we have. Yeah, similar play styles. He's long. He's fast. He's versatile. You know, he can he can really do everything. You know, and I just like how he plays his game. You know, I like how he moves in and out of the holes, moving the trenches. He can catch the ball at the backfield. You know, he has that second gear acceleration. You know, yeah. you know, and that's what really I want to improve, improve in my game is that top top end speed. You know, to accelerate from defenders. Yep. I mean, when I first saw you in the spring, bro, you ran like a gazelle <laughs> in the African prairie, dude. Yeah. So you got that. Yeah. You absolutely got that. It's about getting it back now, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I was going somewhere with this, bro. Kind of talk to me about your football journey. When did you start playing ball and what positions did you play? Have you always been a running back? Yeah, always been a running back. So it started when I was like six years old, you know. we, um, Me and my dad, we were at this old house, you know. Um, and I've always wanted to – I always look, look forward to catching the bus and going to school, you know. And we lived kind of like – not f- too far, but a little bit far from from the um, bus stop, and I always used to be late waking up, and then I'll wake up for like five minutes and run to the bus stop like like a lightning, like run, and then my dad just like he was like, dang, like we need to put this boy in some football, like he didn't right. run, he didn't, he didn't run, and he we called that bus bus mode, you know, bus mode was Ooh. a phrase was a phrase of everything to get in that zone, you know. To get in that yep. zone because he knows how I had that determination because I cannot miss that bus stop. You know, I can't miss it. Right. Because I, I, my parents got work. I can't miss it. So I used to just run, run with this different type of no fear, you know. Yep. So when my before my games, when I was a little kid and when I was six, seven years old, you know, my dad would be like bus mode. You know, that's like a alarm. Like, let's go. You know? Savage bro. bus mode, you know. So I started off with running back um, like. My first second play, I took it to the took it to the house like for seventy, and they knew it. I just always had it, you know. I always had that type of style in my play where I can just like get in, and just take off. Yeah. So um, I've always my little brother's running back, you know. My um my older brother used to be a running back, so running back usually just it's just like in our family, it's our family tie. Yeah. That's always used to always be, you know. That's our that's our favorite position. Just give him the rock and run. Yep. Yeah, bro. Okay, talk to me about this uh, this bus stop, bro. Yeah. And, okay, bring that here to Nebraska. Yeah. And like, how do you channel that that bus stop? Yeah, it's just like it's just a it's just a will to to get it going. You know, it's just that different type of energy when I hear that phrase like bus mode because it brings back my younger my younger uh, memories and it yep. brings back what I do this for where it all started. Yeah. You know, bus mode is the phrase where it all started. To just get in that different type of zone, you know, a different type of mentality to get it done, you know. So that's always what I think about even here, you know, like just bus mode, you know what I'm saying? Because, like, nothing's nothing's ever greater than bus mode, you know. Yeah. That's where it all started, and that's where I'm becoming, you know, in the future. That's an NIL t-shirt right there, man. You got <laughs> to get the bus mode shirts going. Dude, oh, trademark yeah. that thing. Get oh, Teddy yeah. on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, get, we'll talk to Teddy. We'll talk to the people. Get that thing rolling. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Oklahoma, Oklahoma, bro, you're, we're playing whatever team in the country that they were. We're giving them a run for their money. And was it in the third quarter? Yep, uh, like late in the third quarter. Third quarter, bro. I'm on the sideline, and I see you busting this hole, and then I just see you step wrong. And, bro, my whole my whole world started closing in on me when I saw, like, m- my dude Yeah. just go down. Yep. Same same way I went down, same way Fedoni went down. We just kind of this tight knit group that we've that we've created since y'all came up here yep. um, with knee injuries. Yep. And I just I hit the floor, bro, and just started praying for you and kind of kind of tap into that space and and what that was like. And 
and how you're tapping into that bus mode moving forward within your injury. Yep. Um, when the when it happened, I've always had like bad tinnitus in my knee, you know, in my right knee. So it was it was about to happen, you know, because you know I had to strengthen that quad, you know, I had to get that. And when it gave out, I just everything just channeled back to me, you know, everything that I've been working for just kind of like kind of kind of put a shock, you know. what I'm saying like it put a, it put a shock in my football, you know. And I kept on in that tent. I kept on going back in my brain like like why me you know I kept on asking that yep. same as that question why me you know I worked so hard for this you know I worked so hard for these big opportunities and these big moments and that happened and when that happened um I had to tell myself well well Gabe it happened you know it happened not only it happened it happened for a reason you know everything happens for a reason that's why I had to you know, that's why I had to uh, feed up upon to. And then when that happened, I had to find myself life without football, you know. And I had to find, I had to look at different things at different perspectives. And that's what um, is um, remaking me, you know. This is just a, a minor setback, really. A minor setback, major comeback, you know. That's yeah, why I always bro. think of waking up every day, you know. Um, just got to feed upon my other running backs because I love them to death, you know. Things that before I got hurt, things that I know, things that I put on the field, I pour into them so they can do it ten times better, you know. Yep. And that kind of helps me as a player because when I get back, I, I can do it ten times better because I'm teaching it right now. So, Absolutely, bro. So I, right now I'm just getting to rehab, you know, pounding on rehab and just trying to get back on the field as soon as possible. Your mindset through your through your rehab is what carries you through your entire process. And yep. we've talked about this extensively. So it is hyping me up right now to hear you talk like this. Yep. And I know you mean it and I know it comes from the heart, bro. Yep. So power to you. We gon we gonna pick this back up later. Great first Hang set. around. We're gonna bring Gabe back in, but we have another special guest gonna join us in our next segment. Northern Iowa transfer linebacker Chris Kalarovic. He'll join us next here. You're listening to the beat with Jojo Doman. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Bum, 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 bum. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman on this post-bye week as no football this weekend. And Lincoln's still doing a show for you. As you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Locations from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between handling all of your insurance and real estate needs. Locally, Nebraska-owned company. Check out Edgewater Insurance. Uh, but this segment of the show is brought to you by another locally owned company here in Lincoln, Gary Michaels Clothiers. Um, they officially dress the Nebraska football team. And we, we got our next guest in here, Chris Kalarvik. I saw you in that suit. That suit looked nice on you on uh, walking in on uh, those two home games. Yes, sir. I like that little walk we did. Yeah, it was good. Are you guys doing the long unity walk like every game or is that kind of like a night game deal i can only assume that's the new tradition i don't know though but you got a 230 for purdue um next this week so i'm it sounds like that's what they're going to do but uh you get a, you, you'll get to see those gary michael suits and i told gary it's like a billboard for you man you, you got the husker football team walking like six blocks <laughs> i joke six blocks but no doubt it's probably like three blocks um in those suits but check them out 56 pine lake road Gary Michaels Clothiers, they dress the Nebraska football team. They dress JoJo Doman, proud sponsor here of the show. But let's bring in Chris Kalarovic, the next guest here on the program. I got my good friend, NIU transfer, Chris Kalarovic in the building. Chris? You got to get it right, bro. It's, it's, it's you and I, not NIU. You know, I get, do they that. Get, they I get mad that. up there. They get mad up there. I do that. Because Northern, okay. Illinois, Northern Illinois is Northern NIU. Northern Illinois, yeah. NIU. Yeah, they get mad up there when you do that. That's Rocky Lombardi's hometown. Yeah. That's probably why I do it. Yeah, he's playing He's playing quarterback there, right? That's right. Yeah. That's my boy. He's best friends yeah. with uh, Raritan. Right, 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 right. Yeah. But uh, let's jump into it, but uh, Kind of, how'd you talk to us how you got here? How are you sitting right here right now? It's a long story, clearly. It's a little unique story uh, coming from FCS. 
Uh, I grew up in Michigan, went to an FCS school in, in Iowa, and ended up at Nebraska somehow. So that's it's kind of a long story, but um, way I would describe pretty much the way I wanted to, the, the reason I decided I wanted to start playing college football is I grew up watching guys from my high school go play, and I grew up watching them play on TV. I grew up watching them play at Michigan and Michigan State, and I wanted to do that. I wanted to go play in the Big Ten. I wanted to go follow in their footsteps and do that, and I felt like I could do that. And um, I always loved football, and I loved playing the game and being with being with the boys and being being on a team, and I felt like that was something I could do. So I set that goal for myself, and that was something I worked a long time to achieve, and, and here I am. So, Bro, talking about you love being with the boys, I got that in my notes, dude. You were one of the most personable guys on our squad. I don't know if there's anybody who doesn't like you on the team, and you just got here. Kind of talk to me about the relationships that you've built since you've been here. That's been the best part about being here, to be honest with you. Uh, be, being a transfer, you know, you don't know how it's going to be. You don't know how you're going to be received um, on the team. You know, you're coming in and you're competing for a job and you don't know how, how that's going to be received. And um, But really, to be honest, it's, it's been re- I've been received as as just one of the boys right away. It was no it was right away. It was um, it was no hard feelings. There was nothing there was nothing against me when I got here. It was it was all it was all love and it was all acceptance right away. And I feel like I found a home here. No doubt. I remember that first meeting uh, I saw on Twitter and like everybody else that we got this UNI transfer. And man, I, I remember when I first saw you in that team meeting room, I was like, he looks like he's got something to him. I got to get to know this guy. And I didn't get to draft you to my team, but I wanted to. And uh, yeah, that was kind of my first impression of you. So, and here we are, boys. Um, kind of talk to me about when you started playing football and how, how did you fall into this linebacker position? Um, I started playing football in the fourth grade. I played quarterback for, I think until I was in ninth grade, I played, I played quarterback from fourth grade to ninth grade. I played quarterback and uh, I got to ninth grade and they saw my shoulders and they saw like, yeah. this kid can't play quarterback. Like we got to put him at linebacker. Yeah. That was pretty much what happened. I played, so I played, I ended up playing linebacker and tight end in high school. Um, did all that and it was more my body type and it was more what, how can, how can this kid be the best player he can be and where does he fit the most? That right. was really it. Yeah. Now, what's your what's your favorite part about linebacker, and who do you model your game after? Favorite part of being a linebacker uh, is just flowing. I get to go flow to the ball. I yep. get to go. I get to go make plays. It feels like linebacker. It feels like is the most pure form of football to me. It feels like it's purely um, what you would think of when you when you think of football. It's going and hitting somebody. Yeah, it's going and flowing and finding the ball. It's using your instincts and finding the ball. Um, and so I, I think that's that's why I fit there, and that's why I fit in that position. For sure. Who do you model your game after? I model my game after – would it be too political to say Levante David? No. That's got to be it, right? Like, really? That's got to be it. That's gotta, it's got to be him. He played here, did his thing, um, still playing in the league, balling out, doing his thing, and one of the best linebackers in the league. How could you not pick him? Right. Yeah. David was a two-star recruit, by the way, in high school. You realize that? Where was he from? He was on Miami Northwestern. And they had eight four stars on one team, and he ended up having the best career out of all those other guys on that team. That's how it be. Just an undersized guy too. That's kind of why why I look up to him. An undersized guy like me who who just flies to the ball, smart and flies to the ball. He showed up. I'll tell you a story about Lavante David. He showed up to Nebraska like two days before the start of training camp. Just walked in, and Will Compton was on that team. Some guys like that, and he walks in, give him a jersey. He led the Big Twelve in tackles. In his first year, he beat Barrett Rude's record, and he didn't even have a summer. Didn't have a study of the defense. Jeez. He just was a street ball football player. Like he knew how to play football. Yeah, that's wild. That's not surprising at all, though. Um, stars, talk to me about how many stars you have coming out of high school. Zero. Yeah, how many stars? I had three. Um, Gabe, you were you were close to a four, right? Yeah, I was three star. You know, he was three. He was high class three. Three star game. He was a high class three star. Yeah, three star. They don't mean they don't mean a thing. And even though I had three, um, I didn't get it till my senior year, and I was like, I should be four. Um, And I remember that pushed me. And I was don't be mad at me. I'm mad at you, Sean. I'm mad at you. We had you as a middle class three star. (laughs) There's three tiers. There's low, middle, high. Gotcha. All I know is that. You know, you can you can judge and assess like however they are in their high school field versus the competition that they're playing against at that time. But you cannot measure their character. You cannot measure how bad they want this and their development. And that's kind of just on the kid and kind of touch on that your development. Yeah, you can't you can't measure what the what the desire is and what the 
what, what they want to do, you can't measure that. You can't measure um, how they're going to fit in a place and how they're going to how they're going to attack each day. You can't measure that. We um, yeah, we had thirty. I came in with thirty five dudes um, in twenty sixteen. There's three of us here now. Yeah, that's how it is everywhere. I think. I think that's just. It's not. A, that's not just a Nebraska thing. That's a. That, at my old school, that's how it was. There's probably five of us left that started there. Um, that's just how it is. Not like. I think football recruiting so. Uh, it's 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 hard to find guys that that are going to stick around, and that's just how it is. And you gotta you gotta um, just just find the few that are going to fit your program and 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 roll with those guys. No doubt. Now, when when you watch Chris play, the number one thing that stands out to everybody is your speed. Where'd you get that? How did you develop that? Um, I think that was just what I felt like I needed to emphasize in my game the most. I felt like that was my strength. I've known that since I was a little kid. That's been my strength is, is my speed yeah. and my ability to use my size and my speed. Um, I've always been kind of an undersized guy who, who can just run, who can just run to the ball and, and make plays because he can run to the ball. So I always felt like that was something that I needed to develop even more and make that even more of a strength and, and use that and play off that. Yeah, you were uh, you were one of the few guys that came and trained with me at uh, Slat this offseason. Yep, Chris Slat, great dude. Yeah, how, did, uh, how do you feel like that helped you? Um, just, I think understanding my motor patterns and understanding how I run and, um, just fixing, fixing little tweaks and being able to run more comfortable and, and run more, um, more relaxed and without, without as much strain. No doubt. Um, Nebraska, this is your first season. You got one more after this, um, from your perspective, how the season has been what it is, how do we move forward? How do we take the good, the bad? the ugly and how do we transform this and, and move forward with this we got four more games left i think we build off the good i think we build off what's been good this season i think there's been a lot of good um i think sometimes we get trapped in cycling through negative and cycling through bad and i think we got to look at the good and look at okay what do we do well here what do we need to do more of what do we need to how, how can we approach these next four games with with an attacking mentality and look at it as we're going to go do what we did well and go continue to do that and build off that for the future. I couldn't agree more. Now, you played my position at UNI. I'm gone after these next four games. Pray to God, five games. Are you going to move to outside? you going to move to nickel when I'm gone or what's up? I think I could do it. I would love to. I think um, you could too. I think that's, that's kind of what my, like we were talking about before, my speed, uh, my, my physical ability. I think that's that's my strength and I think that that strength makes you versatile and able to play multiple positions outside backer. Um, I even played a little bit in the secondary at UNI, just um, moving all over the place. I think that makes me versatile. I'm a little bit of an undersized inside backer, but I feel like I can I can stack up and go play with them any day inside the box and go go play with go 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 fill the power and go do that and also go play go play in space. I feel like that's an ability that I have. So I agree. All right, when we come back, uh, Gabe is going to rejoin the conversation as JoJo has questions for both Chris Kalarvik and Gabe Irvin. You're listening here to The Beat. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. What? You're listening to The what? Beat with JoJo Doman. Brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. And welcome back here to The Beat. Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman, as you're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. But this segment is brought to you by S&W Fence. JoJo, for your best defense in the game. Check out S&W Fence for all your commercial and residential fencing needs. Voted best of Omaha four out of five years. Located in both Lincoln and Omaha. That's S&W Fence. Proud segment sponsor here of The Beat with JoJo Doman. But Joe, we got both Chris and Gabe Irvin Jr. in studio here for one more segment. Let's bring them all in together now. Let's do it. Man, this is so nice for me to just sit here with my boys, my friends, like dudes that before any of this was going down, like that I could rock with. So this is this is special for me. So I appreciate dope, you dope, guys. Dope. This is dope. <laughs> the rookie and the vet. The rookie and the vet. Um, now I'm rocking this hat right now. Y'all be able to see the picture on Twitter later. Gabe, where where can where can our viewers find this hat at? 
you know, my website, GabeIrvinJr.com. You know, you'll click away. Just go and look at the hats. You know, they special. They special. Rock the hats, baby. These things are swaggy. All right, let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit. You guys both got here in the spring. You graduated early. You transferred in. Um, how was that initial adjustment uh, when you guys first got here? And, and we ended up doing yoga at my house. These were two guys that came over uh, once or twice a week, and we did yoga, and we started to get to know each other and, and start manifesting this season together and kind of just touch on that whole experience. Yeah, when I first got here, you know, we used to, um, I think it was in the winter, we used to do these team, this team bonding nights, and then that's where I first met JoJo, you know, at the bowling at the bowling alley. That's right. We sat right next to each other. We were just chopping it up like, you know, we didn't know each other, and um, that's where I found you. And then, then we started, I started coming to your house for yoga, and then we started touching on that. Yoga was a, um, a big thing in the off season, you know. It kept my body right, kept my body relaxed, you know, just like a new thing that I, that I tried out, and I felt like, that's how we kind of connected, you know. We, we had this different connection, you know, and it translated to the field, you know, and it should translate to the future. But um, when I first got here, it was, was kind of different um, not having COVID because the recruitment process, you know, um, when I first got here, it was my first time on campus, you know, seeing Nebraska. So that was kind of different, but I'm loving it right now. Hell yeah. yeah. I had to say the same thing. I just, I'd never met anybody here. I'd never, I'd never shook, shook anybody's hand, any coach. I'd never met any of them. I'd never been on campus. I'd never met any of the guys on the team, so it was all new. It was just a whole new experience for me, meeting all new people. And I think I grew a lot from that and having to meet new people and, and having to um, be in a new place and, and make, my own, make my own life here and, and be with new people. I think that was really good for me. Um, it was, and uh, to be honest, it made it super easy having the people here that were here. Um, took me in right away with the yoga and with, the, you know, with, with just hanging out with people and uh, I felt like I got real close with, with people here really fast, and um, I think that's just a that's just um, you can talk about culture of a place, but that that's what it feels like. It felt like when I got here that it felt like um, the place was building towards a really really strong culture because of yep. how, how easy it was for me to be taken in like that as a new guy with a, a guy a grad transfer that really has two years left isn't going to be here that long, but was still taken in by the culture and and still. I uh, felt like I was a really a part of the team. Yeah, and that was a, that was another big thing of why I chose Nebraska because I just felt the culture, you know. Having COVID, not really visiting the school, the culture was really good, you know. And coming in here was um, was a great vibe because everybody was friendly, you know. They they reeled you in because like this, the culture is just different, you know. That's what makes Nebraska. No doubt. What's not to love about this place? They love their football. They care about their football. The, tr the rich tradition, man. I mean, it, it all draws us here, and, and here we are. Kind of, kind of touch on for our viewers, like what what is the benefit of yoga, and how is how have you seen yoga uh, affect both of you guys? It makes you move differently on the field, you know, things that you you couldn't really do. It helps your balance, and then it helps just like you open up, like you're stretched out, you're more loose, and it just makes the makes the mind and the body goes in a relaxed mode. Nothing else, just just calm and relax, you know. Yeah. And it just makes you tap into this sensational thing, you know. It just makes you calm and not worried about um, everything, and just intense. It doesn't. It reduces the tension, you know. The stress level goes down, and you make an impact on the field. Yeah. For me, it's the mental side of it. For me, it's the because I can stretch anytime. I can do different different stretches that I want. But yoga is more, um, more of a meditation and more of a. Um, going deeper into your own in your own thoughts and your own and your own body and your own soul and becoming more in tune with that and it makes you it relaxes you it takes you to a different place and, and it's something that you can just do every day um not even every day but it, it just take it, it's a it's a thing that can ju can just take you to a different place mentally and in a really good place i think no doubt yeah for me it's the mindfulness and kind of what you both touched on blocking out the external world and just focusing on right here right now and getting your body right and and creating that brain and body coherence, you know, when you're comfortable in your body, you're going to move better out on the field, like Gabe, you were saying. So that's big time. Um, speaking of Nebraska, man, 90,000 people, that's larger than any of us have ever even played in front of before we got here. What was that like when you guys both stepped out on that field? It was a dream come true, you know. Everybody dreams of playing against that big crowd and just, like, going out in the tunnel and just looking up and just seeing 90,000 people just – makes you appreciate things more. It makes you it makes you happy. It makes you like think of things that if you didn't have that um ninety thousand people it makes you, you know, seize the opportunity. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Yeah, it makes makes 
Uh, from coming from a smaller school, it made me appreciate it even more. Seeing, having played at away games with, with a thousand people at them at most, um, it makes you appreciate that all these people are willing to come out and spend their Saturday and watching you play football. And it just makes that experience so much more fun. It takes a, it takes a second to get used to it, to be honest. It takes a second to, to almost block it out and just go play football. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 it really does make the experience um, so that, that much better, I'd say. Yeah. Let's transition a little bit to, uh, man, to, to our, each and every one of our, our greatness, you know, showing up every day at the best version of ourselves. Um, football is a demanding game mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Like it, it, it takes everything out of you, especially when the result doesn't, doesn't um, make you feel good about your work. You know, that's the hardest thing. Winning and losing is a feeling. And it's how you feel about yourself. And, and really, you can allow that to define you or not. And we've touched on this in that show in the show before. But how do you guys, despite the circumstances, despite how you feel that day or how you slept or what's going on outside of football, how do you pull how do you pull it out of you? Like for each of you individually, like how do you what's that inner monologue with yourself on like preparing yourself and and pulling out that internal greatness inside of you? Now, I have to say it's very it's very hard to be great. You know, everybody everybody don't want to be great you know everybody does not want to be great greatness it comes with a different you got to come with a different attitude it comes with doing things that everybody else don't want to do you know so if you do those things that everybody else don't want to do you just hold yourself at a high value and a high standard if you hold yourself at a high standard that makes you even more great you know that makes your goals that makes you achieve your goals even better you know yeah so greatness is you know it, it comes with it comes with a lot of attitude, you know. It comes with a lot of urge. You have to do things that you don't want to do every time, and when you do things that you don't want to do every time, you know that brings a different character out of you. It I, makes you a different person absolutely. on and off the field. You know, it just makes you it makes you that much better than everybody else. You 18 years old? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I see you, bro. I see you. How about you, Chris? I like what you said. I hadn't thought about it like that, but when I like what you said about. When you do things that are hard, when you do things that aren't easy, it changes the way you view yourself. It gives you a little more confidence. Like, yeah, I just did that. Yep. Um, the way I see it is, is more for me. It's a consistency thing. It's a um, I have to be. I have to. I have to be consistent. I have to. I can't. I can't let one day like I'm feeling. I'm feeling bad. I can't let that day be a bad one. I have to recognize that. Okay, maybe I'm not feeling great today. It's my body, my mind. I'm tired. Whatever it is. I have to recognize that, and then I have to have a plan and how I'm going to push through that and how I'm going to be how I'm going to be great that day, no matter what. Um, I think a lot of that comes down to routine. I think a lot of that comes down to what you do, what you do every day and what your goal is every day and how you, how you attack your day and how you and what 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 kind of plan you have set out for that day, and recognizing okay that today I don't feel that great, but I think it's okay to recognize that everybody has their days when they don't feel that great. I think it's okay to recognize that, but at the same time know that I still got work to do. And I still have things to do. Yeah, to me, greatness, you don't arrive at greatness. Greatness is a continuous pursuit. Yep. You know, once you think you've arrived at greatness, you're not great anymore. You're complacent. So we're on this journey together, boys, uh, men in Nebraska football, and we're achieving to be great on and off the field. And if it doesn't manifest into wins in this moment, it will at some point. So we just got to keep our, keep our head down, keep grinding, keep doing what we're doing, find new ways to, to get better and pull the shit out of us. Yes, sir. Once again, that was running back Gabe Aaron Jr. and linebacker Chris Kalarovic, our special guest in studio here on this week's Taping of the Beat. When we come back, we'll close the show as I've got some mailbag questions for JoJo. You're listening here to The Beat. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. You're listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate. Final, final segment here of the program, Sean Callahan, JoJo Doman. As you heard, we're brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate, located Across the state of Nebraska, from Omaha to Binkelman and everywhere in between, Edgewater Insurance. 
for all your insurance and real estate needs. But this final segment, our segment sponsor here is Pioneer, an American seed brand since 1926. Pioneer is a prou- is proud to work with generations of American farmers in the most complex and rewarding industry on earth. From your friends at Pioneer, thank you farmers as we wrap up this edition of The Beat Joe. And I was just thinking about this, man. I know you had a senior day last year, <laughs> but you're actually going to really have a senior day. And yeah. there, there is, th- I mean, it, it's going quick, but you still have three home games left. I mean, th- this schedule has been just bizarre when you think about it. I mean, playing week zero is unique. I looked this up. Only UConn and Nebraska have played eight games right now. UConn also played week zero. They played at Fresno State, I think, week zero. It, was it? As hard, I mean, is it as taxing as you would have thought it would be to go eight straight to open a year with week zero as one of them? Yeah, I mean, it really was. Um, eight games is a tough stretch, and I mean, we did it last year, um, so I guess I didn't, I didn't hype it up in my head, but it's been tough, and and that's just the name of the game, and that's where we're at. But this this week's been really nice, and we got four games ahead of us. I got four games guaranteed. Uh, God forbid any injuries. Um, and I'm literally I'm playing everyone like it's my last game, and I'm bringing that intensity, that tenacity, um, to the field, to the locker room, and we got to make the most of it, man. Like our season is going to be defined on how we respond these next four games we can either tank and, and and throw in the towel and then in we got like 40 days left and in 40 days we'll be wanting to forget about the season as soon as possible if we just throw it in but if we answer the way we're capable of answering and do something special which we're more than capable of doing this is a season we'll never forget so our destiny is in our hands like it's always been and and we're not where we thought we would be but we're right where we're supposed to be and, and it's what we do with it when you guys lose a game like Minnesota, I mean, do you feel the fans? I mean, like we, we were doing our Big Red wrap-up this week, and I, I thought this was interesting. Zach Potter, do you know who Zach Potter was? He was a defensive end from 05 to 08 okay. uh, from Nebraska, played in the NFL. And he goes, you know, Sean, or he, he was talking to Michael Severe actually, and Jay Moore, former Husker player too, and he's like, it's weird. I almost get more mad now as a former player than I do when I played when they lose a game because I care so much about it. Do you guys feel that? I mean, like after this Minnesota game, did you feel kind of just like all the fans, like just like their their anger about that loss particularly? Absolutely, and that that hurt a lot. That that was one of, that hurt a lot. It stinks, you know, when when your fan base, when your support system uh, feels you feel like you let them down, and that's what we did, and that's what it felt like, and and it hurts. Um, yeah, we're upset. Yeah, we know we deserve better, but to 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 understand the urgency behind the state of the program right now, and it's hard to fathom why you're in it. But I could I could see why everyone outside of this is just is just waiting and ready for this thing to turn, and to seemingly uh, digress. Last week, um, it hurts, and it it is what it is, man. It is what it is, and we can only we can only move forward from this you know we can we can either continue to live in the past and we're going to keep manifesting the same results or we can continue to move forward and we got to put this one behind us it felt it felt like a hangover it felt like i'd lived that one before which was also a tough aspect of it you know some of these close losses to michigan um like it it felt we'd get blown out by those guys a couple years ago like ohio state every time we played ohio state the last couple years it wasn't even a competition so now we're now we're actually competing with these teams it's a different vibe, but then when you digress like we did versus Minnesota, it, it leaves a it leaves a pit in your stomach. Now Ohio State will come in after Purdue, yeah, in, in Memorial State, and then you'll get a bye. Then you have Wisconsin, then you have Iowa. Yeah, what have you seen? I mean, when you look at the buck, have you looked at the Buckeyes at all? Yeah, I mean, are are they? When you talk about you've played a lot of good teams, do you think they're the best team, talent wise, skill wise, on the schedule that you've played all year, or, or is that debatable still? Yeah, it's debatable. I'm not really sure about that. We've played some talented ass teams Oklahoma and Michigan um were the, probably the best two teams we've played I mean hat off to Michigan State for continuing to win and finding ways to win uh coach Tucker man got respect for him he gets his now, eyes they're talking about him going to the LSU job now he's really he's a candidate for LSU dude he, he had been at LSU before he, he finds a way to win and his guys play for him and uh you got to respect that you know even as a competitor against him like I respect him and the work that he does so 
but yeah ohio state jury's jury's not out on them and we got to approach them just like any other game and uh they're beatable just like every team in our schedule is beatable um we just got to go out and do it make those plays in critical situations like we talked about before and and expect to win and and raise our level of play to to get the job done it's 230 this week too i mean i i know you have no control over that but it's not a night game it's not an 11 a.m game is this kind of like the perfect time to play this purdue game for you guys you think I mean, any time is the perfect time to play. You don't want to, yeah. You don't want to be like, <laughs> I, but you know, the eleven a.m. I, I did. I, I will agree. I think playing three straight night games it does throw off your routine, especially when there's travel involved for some of those games in there. And, and uh, you know, it, 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 you know, your body clock adjusts on a Saturday. I'm guessing when you sit, like, what do you do like on a night game all day? Are you just chilling by yourself, or do you watch football by yourself, or what do you do? Yeah, we obviously go through our team stuff and have breakfast and, and devotion in the morning. But uh, for me, I like to get some quiet time. Um, the more quiet I am, the time pa- seemingly passes quicker. Um, the more I'm like hyper focused on the game, the s- slower time moves. So I kind of I get into my I get into my stretch routine and my meditation routine, and then I tap in with my family. Usually, uh, they with, come over to the Cornhusker and just visit. Right, with my dad and my mom, and then I usually call Brock, and then. Um, my uh, my life coach uh, Scott Seymour usually puts me through some sort of exercise mentally prepping me- exercise. So it's really all about um, just turning everything on internally and, and and getting my juices flowing so that I can fully uh, apply myself to the task at hand that later that night. But like an 11 a.m. game, it's get out of bed, eat and go. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and we're conditioned that way with practice in the morning. So that one comes a little more natural. You wake up at like you know, six thirties wake up call. So they knock and I mean, do dudes shower when they get up on a road game or is it, do some guys need like a shower to kind of get going or do guys just get up and go? Yeah. I mean, I take a, it's the first thing I do in the morning is hop in the cold shower, cold shower. I take a cold shower in the morning. So I wake up, um, I go and I turn the, the shower on complete as cold as it can go. And then I sit in there from 60 seconds to 120 seconds. No way, man. I do. I do. And it's crazy because what it does, it wakes you up instantly and it gets you out of, um, well, it, it first creates that stress response in your body. Like you're resisting the cold and you have to mentally get over that. So I've already won a battle within like the first five minutes that I've been awake. And it kind of preps me for the rest of the day where sometimes you feel like the, ha- the day's happening to you and not for you. And the day's kind of getting away from you. And me taking a cold shower is like a simple act of me having control over the day and having control over my mindset moving forward. How much water do you drink in a day now, say, compared to like probably when you were like 18, 19 year old Jojo Doman? Oh, my gosh. I only drink water um, with, you know, sometimes a splash of lemonade in there. But in high school, like I didn't I didn't understand the value hydration. of health and wellness and of hydration. And it's really everything. Um I mean, I used to play both ways in high school on top of kicking, and I'd have pickle juice before the game and at halftime and after the game just so I wouldn't cramp during the game. And I don't have to do that anymore, probably because I don't take as many snaps, but also because I'm better uh, hydrated throughout the week. A cramp, though, like, it could lead to something serious, right? I mean, you cramp in a game, yeah, it's a temporary thing, but if something else happens while you're cramping, that that's when you can get really hurt, right? Yeah, absolutely. When you're... A cramp is a is a muscle contraction um, when you're when, and you're not activating the muscle. So I usually get cramps in my calves. So when I'm running and I get cramps in my calves, that's affecting my motor pattern. That's affecting where my head's going. Now my head's going from the play to my body, and yeah, it's it it, it can lead to injury. Absolutely. Well, Joe, uh, goodbye week show here, and looking forward to talking after Purdue. Yes, sir. Let's get this dub at Purdue. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening to The Beat with JoJo Doman, powered by Husker Online. Join us for another show next week, brought to you by Edgewater Insurance and Real Estate.